0: Welcome to the Capital Sports Report podcast. In this podcast, we'll be discussing Philadelphia seventy sixes guard, Markel Fultz. The former number one overall draft pick was urged to stop practicing and playing in games from his agent due to injuries. However, the Maryland native attended shoot-around on Tuesday and practiced with his teammates. Fultz has... Appeared in 19 games a season with 15 starts. He is averaging 8.2 points, 3.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 0.9 steals, and 0.3 blocks. Next, you will hear from Matt Flynn as he discusses the Markel Foltz situation.
1: So, the news came out today that Markel Foltz will not be playing in any more games or practices for the Sixers. At the behest of his attorney, until he has his shoulder evaluated, um, it's unclear how much time he's going to miss. Apparently, he has uh, he's going to see a shoulder specialist at some point next week. Um, this is Matt uh, reporting here for the Capital Sports Report um, on our NBA section. Uh, special thanks to my our editor in chief Anthony for letting me um, do this quick podcast. Uh, The news came out today and I wanted to give my thoughts about uh, what's going on with Markel, especially because, um, you know, living in the South Jersey area, you know, you become very familiar with the Sixers um, and there's just so much drama that's come out of Philadelphia with with what's going on with his uh, shoulder and whether or not it's mental and uh, whether or not it can explain some of his poor play. Uh, since coming into the league now this exercise and and what I'm going to go through is a possible narrative of what's going on that can explain really what's what's completely changed him from the number one prospect in the country coming into the NBA to being basically uh, an average level backup player without any jump shot and we have to accept the fact that there is a distinct possibility that a lot of this is mental and that there's there's there really is no explanation that he can see as many shoulder specialists as possible. Uh, he can take as much time away from the game as possible. Uh, but that w- what was described as the yips from his trainer and some of the Sixers staff this offseason is really what's going on and that the reason that he's been ineffective... Uh, shooting the basketball is a mental block, and and it's as simple as that. And this comes a day after he was benched in the second half, uh, where T.J. McConnell started taking his backup point guard minutes, and this news comes out the next day. And I'm completely understanding for anyone who wants to dismiss um, basically the rest of what I'm going to say on this podcast for exactly that purpose, saying that, He is basically just, he has no confidence. His confidence is shot, and that's the reason that he's not performing up to snuff. Um, And there's one thing also I want to address before I put my tinfoil hat on and uh, start trying to drive up this conspiracy theory that's been floating around. But there's, there's a narrative that's been floating around that the Sixers made a really big mistake in trading up to get him and i take issue with that mainly because when we think about any nba draft hindsight's 2020 unless you pick first overall and get lebron james or anthony davis you know a player of that caliber you you are basically going to regret your selection even if you select a good player there may have been a later player a uh, player selected later in the draft that's better than your player um Markel coming out of college and what he showed in his one year in Washington and then what he showed in his first summer league with the Sixers is the player that would have been the perfect fit for Philly and why they picked him number one overall and why they traded the additional first round asset to move from third in the draft to first to get him. Um, I think it's unfair to put the burden on the Sixers for not realizing some kind of mental block or anything like that when he was drafted, because people forget not only was he great coming out of college, but he also played really well in his first summer league stint with the Sixers, and he was excellent. And so there's no way that you can possibly uh, fault the team for the fallout that's happened. If it's an injury, it's an injury. If it's a mental block, they would have had no way of discerning that from the from the outset there's just no way you can screen for this crazy situation um that's taken hold of the franchise so and i just also want to remind people this is a guy who led the Pac 12 in scoring in 2016 17 at washington he was sixth in the nation at scoring he led the Pac 12 in per he scored 23 points a game Six assists, six rebounds, two steals, and a block. He took five threes a game and made 41% of them. And the advanced stats look great, too. 56% true shooting, uh, 28 PER, and a BPM, uh, box plus minus rate, of 9.1 points per 100 possessions, positive. Um and the reason that he was taken number one overall was, realistically, he was supposed to be the player to fit next to Ben Simmons, because Simmons, although not he doesn't have a jump shot, the idea was that Simmons, because he's larger um, than norm, a normal point guard, Markel would be able to play off the ball offensively and fill basically a combo guard role uh, on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, be able to guard the other team's point guard, and that's another thing that's really been unrealized. I think in the way that, um, in the way that he's been described, uh, his defensive potential is really underrated, and and even, and even as we get into the way he's played as a pro, um, the defense has been inconsistent because I think that he doesn't necessarily read offensive packages all that well. He definitely struggles getting screened, um, but you know, it it, it does appear like he's made strides on the defensive end and he plays hard. So I don't think you can fault the Sixers for making the pick or even making the trade to go get him because the player that was there in Washington and the player that was there in Summer League was great. And again, there were no warning signs at that point. I implore people, there are tons of videos online of his footage from Washington and there are videos of his Summer League performance Um heading into the 2017-2018 season. So the 2017 Summer League, he was excellent. I mean, he he was the best player on the floor in pretty much every game he played in in the Summer League. And he was playing against some guys who had NBA experience. And at that point, he was 19 years old. So... I think I think people need to go back and and remember like what this guy was beforehand and then we can try to evaluate what's going on here. So, basically the theory that's been going around is not only that it's an injury, but it's an injury that's being covered up by the team. Um and this is something that we've seen with the Sixers before, especially because the Sixers have had a history now of not Necessarily handling uh, medical situations with their younger players extremely well. I mean, Nolan's Noel missed his first season with a torn ACL. Joel missed two and a half seasons with injuries before finally getting healthy this season, um, including setbacks with his foot and his back during that process. Um, Jaleel Okafor missed a ton of time with chronic knee and back issues. And never was the same player after. Furkan Korkmaz missed almost all of last year, the first season coming over, when he tried to break into the rotation. He missed large portions of last year because of injuries. Um, Zaire Smith this year now has injuries and had a setback. And he's expected to potentially miss the whole season. So this isn't a new thing for the Sixers. The This seems to happen with their younger players. They get hurt. They don't rehab them properly. Maybe they misdiagnose the injury or the procedures are done wrong or the rehab's done wrong. Obviously, we don't have that kind of information. But if the issue with Foltz is what a couple um, doctors and physical therapists have been saying online looking at him from afar then it's possible that the sixers have misdiagnosed the injury and thus that's why markel is getting the shoulder reevaluated at his attorney's behest now i i know his attorney and his agent are the same person or they work in the same office i don't want to um really speculate as to what that relationship's like but i will say i don't think that diminishes the fact that he has someone giving him legal advice that he needs to get the shoulder inspected because something's wrong. And the reason that the tweet from David Aldridge of The Athletic who broke this news, the reason that that, that came with the his attorney is telling him to do it is because it potentially implicates his contract or it implicates um, a potential fight with the players' union um, against the league. And I don't know what fight that could possibly Becoming, but that this is the first this has to be the first step of something larger um, because I don't think that they would pull him out and say oh he's getting evaluated by a shoulder specialist because of some mental thing so here's the here's the way it starts is the timeline is we know we know that preseason starts late September into October before the Um, Season starts towards the end of October. This season, they moved it up, but two years ago during Fultz's rookie year, it pretty much started right around Halloween or slightly before. The, The weird news about his jump shot happened after Summer League, but before we really got into the preseason work. And so that means it probably happened at some point in early September. Something happened. The Sixers diagnosed it as an injury. Markel diagnosed it and explained it as an injury. He said coming in this year that that was something he wanted to get straight, that it was an injury. He had an injured shoulder. There's a few theories about what the injury was. It's never actually been disclosed. There's been a few weird theories floating around the internet. One such thing is that there was a motorcycle accident or a BMX accident. Before the draft, he did a... Um, it was either a television or an internet piece where he described, you know, some of his home life as a draft prospect, and he said that he was kind of a daredevil and did a lot of ramps and jumps with his BMX or or a motorcycle. Um, I'm sure that he's done both. I've seen pictures of him online with motorcycle helmets on or dirt bike helmets, so it's possible that it could have been that. Um, and the interesting thing about that. Is that most NBA standard contracts have a motorcycle provision in them? And if you think about it, if you're an NBA team, and especially if you're a rookie, and you're guaranteeing minimum two years on their initial deal above the minimum salary, and if you're a first overall pick, you're looking at between eight and nine million your first year. Around that, and then if your third year option is put team options picked up you're making nine and a half million or so, which is what Fultz is do in twenty nineteen twenty so um, the the league has a way where if players get hurt from doing dangerous activities of their own volition you know non basketball related injuries due to the fault of the party risk it's a risk uh, mitigating thing for the league and for the teams to have provisions like the motorcycle provision that says that you can't ride a motorcycle while you're under an NBA contract. Well, uh, that's a rumor that happened. This would make sense that Fultz wouldn't, and, and there's, this hasn't been substantiated. In fact, it's been denied by his agent and I don't blame his agent for denying it, even if it is true because you don't want to have that, uh, out in the open. But the that's been the news that's come out, that there has been a few callers into radio stations around the country of people that said they knew Markel, um, that they had inside information, and he said that, and they, they, that the motorcycle accident thing's been floating around for over a year now, and it does not seem to be losing any traction. The other theory that I've heard is that the personal trainer Foltz was working with was making him do some strange um, exercises, and he hurt his shoulder doing one of those exercises. There were two videos online of Foltz doing um, these sort of weird squat motions. Um, and being someone who who does weightlift myself, I've n- I've never seen this done before. It looked almost like a mix of a. Um, Pendle row and like a front squat where he would pull um, like a weighted bar in towards his chest while he's squatting and then when he would go up he would extend the bar back out where his arms would be out in front of him um, it's it's a weird motion I've never seen anybody do it before but anyway there's at the end of this video he drops the weights and starts shaking out his shoulder in apparent pain and I'm wondering if Maybe he had already injured the shoulder and that the weightlifting aggravated the injury, or he injured it doing these strange exercises. But either way, um, this this happened at some point in early September before the, seasons, before the preseason started, and then you started seeing he was wearing all the tape on his shoulder. Um, and, and here's where we get into what the potential injury could be. The Sixers diagnosed it as a, two different things. One report referred to it as a scapular imbalance, and one report called it scapular dyskinesis. Um, and looking into these, scapular dyskinesis or scapular dysfunction refers to the abnormal mobility or function of the scapula, which is a part of your shoulder blade, um, and can be part of a shoulder injury. So they they said it was this, and they and they they taped his thing up. His agent, his, he taped his shoulder up, his agent said that the pain was so bad that he couldn't even lift his arms above his head, which explained why during the first several games, the first, I think he played, it was either four or six games in his first stint at the beginning of the uh, 2017-18 season, he didn't take like any jump shots. He He looked completely lost out on the floor and was turning up tons of open looks and he had the tape on his shoulder the free throw looked funky his arms you know he his release point was significantly lower and during this time you heard the the rumors that he had been working on his mechanics on his shot and the team tried to say that he hurt the shoulder because he was changing his mechanics which one of his trainers said was just preposterous and not true. And I, I'm willing to buy that Fultz was right about this and that the, 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 the change in mechanics would be to try to compensate for the shoulder injury. It doesn't make sense that a player who comes out of college shooting the lights out and shoots the lights out in summer league with a beautiful-looking jump shot would repair his mechanics to the point where his release point is significantly lower. The whole thing with Fultz is... Um, long arms is that it makes him a lot tougher to guard if that if he's got that high release point with those long arms and the decent elevation on his shot it wouldn't make sense for him to move the ball pocket down where he releases the ball to like his chest with like a push shot from straight out in front of him and that's how his free throw started to look too and so I I, I won that just didn't make sense to me and all of this information was floating around where like well it you know, was it the chicken or the egg? Was it the shoulder injury for first, or was it the mechanic change that hurt the shoulder? Um, I don't understand how he would change his mechanics to the point of hurting his shoulder after being such a good player uh, up until this point and being such a good prospect. At that point, I would think, like, you're working out with the team. Like, you're going to shoot the ball like you've always shot the ball. It doesn't—that doesn't stick with me. And so the team does diagnose it as an injury. They say that it's the scapular imbalance or scapular dyskinesis, meaning that his right shoulder blade on his shooting shoulder didn't look right. And if you look at pictures, and it still looks this way, the right shoulder is turned inward and is significantly lower than his left shoulder. And if if anybody who's listening to this wants to do this, move your right shoulder down and like turn it inward, almost like almost like to make, make your shoulders uneven and make your left shoulder higher than your first. You, do you feel the, the, the weird tension in the back part of your shoulder blade? Well, that is what is is one of the main causes of having um, problems with your scapula, your shoulder blade, blade, is that it causes what's called scapular winging, which is where your shoulder blade protrudes out Due to weakness or 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 problems with the muscle tissue or nerves in that area, and it affects your ability to do the kind of motions with your shoulder that you could do with a fully functioning shoulder blade. You can't rotate your shoulder properly. You you might not be able to lift things over your head. It's, a, it's an injury that's more common in weightlifters, thus the thing, but it can also be caused by blunt force trauma. So they eventually bring him, they shut him down for over 60 games. And the whole thing is that all of a sudden now, it's all about the, the, oh, no, it was mental. And you hear Brett Brown making the statement that it was psychosomatic, the shooting issue and everything like that. And it was all this stuff, right, about how it was psychosomatic, it was the yips. He comes back at the end of the season and he can hit the mid-range jumper decently well, but he doesn't really shoot threes at all. And the shot still doesn't look fluid. The season ends, you know, and you're just like, well, okay, he's going to work with a shooting specialist in the summer. And things are going to get back together. And and he's going to come in a little stronger. So he hires Drew Hanlon, who is um, a pretty famed NBA shooter, uh, shooting coach. And it's silent for a long time. But Drew says Markel's a really good player, and he's going he's gonna to light the world on fire, basically. He's going to be an all-star. That was kind of the expectation um, coming in to his second season. And there was a video released right before the season started. And this video showed that the shot didn't look back to normal. He was making shots wide open, but the release was so much slower, and the release was also so much lower. Again, it was that push shot from out in front of his body. He, the pocket of the ball where, you, where your, your sweet comfort zone, where that rotation comes from, <clears throat> is still out in front of his body, and it's low which for several reasons is not a good thing for a guard shooter. It makes your shot easier to block, but it's also harder to shoot on the run if your release point is lower. There's a lot more work that you have to do. And by putting more of your body into it, it's less pressure on your shoulder blades. So, um it goes okay for a few weeks in the in the season, you know. He hits a couple of threes, but it takes him forever to get it off. And then recently Uh, He's just stopped shooting them. And there was a weird thing where Drew Hanlon responded to a a tweet basically bashing Foltz and bashing the lack of progress in his jump shot. And Hanlon said, he's still hurt. You don't know his situation. He's still hurt. Okay. But we had thought previously that what we had established was that it was psychosomatic. So... You get this conflicting thing, and, and this is this is a part of the confusing thing for the team. The team started by listing it as a shoulder injury, but then the news started coming out that it was psychosomatic. But then Foltz comes in and says there was definitely an injury, and Drew Hanlon says he's still injured, he's not 100%. The thing about if if it really was a mental issue, okay, then the Sixers, I think, would have made a mistake by not saying Markel is not only seeking um, treatment in practice, you know, in, in order to gain confidence in his game, but we're also having him meet with, um, you know, Sixers staff to help him regain his confidence, you know, psychological staff or whatever. It, it, it's odd to me that the narrative that it was psychosomatic was never embraced, and the reason, I think, for that is that the team knows it's an injury, but doesn't want to disclose the cause of the injury, because it either happened, A, while he was training before the season with the team, or B, it happened due to this motorcycle accident, which would put which would put a whole different spin on things in terms of if that news gets released, then there's the there's the problem of whether or not the Sixers have the right to terminate Foltz's contract and if they lose he's still on the team if they lose the the appeal he's still on the team and so there's a it's it's weird that you have the disparate uh things coming out of the team but apparently um the team is taking the idea that it's psychosomatic and that and and that it's entirely in his head and it's a confidence issue and that he's trying to rebuild his jump shot um because he has basically shattered confidence. If that was true though, <clears throat> why then did why then does the team work on his shoulder? all the time if you look if you look at before the games before he takes his warm-up shots he has his shoulder extensively worked on by team staff they're doing a ton of rotations they're massaging the shoulder um, they're doing a bunch of small exercises in that shoulder to warm it up before he's ready to shoot right so that's weird if it's just a mental thing that they're putting all that extra time into it And then there's the tape and all of that stuff from last year that he was wearing on the shoulder. And then there's the fact that after he shoots the ball sometimes, you see him like wiggling his arm and his shoulder out, almost like shaking it off, like he's in discomfort from shooting. He missed preseason games this season with shoulder soreness saying, I'm just going to have to deal with it. And the team listed the shoulder as the reason that he was missing the game. So, is there an injury or is there not an injury? It's clear to me that by just saying he's having issues with his shoulder blades, uh, that the team has not really diagnosed an injury, and none of the people have. So, a couple weeks ago, uh, a a physical therapist and uh, another doctor—they're—they're floating around the internet. Um, post this thing saying, I think I know what's wrong with Markel Foltz. I think it's a nerve issue. And they cite that he could potentially have a long thoracic nerve uh, problem. Uh, I am not a doctor, uh, but the long thoracic nerve appears to be pretty central to arm and shoulder movements and I'm just looking at this it says a lesion of the nerve paralyzes the serratus anterior to produce winged scapula which we had talked about uh, which is one of the things he was dealing with which is most prominent when the arm is lifted forward or when the patient pushes the outstretched arm against a wall however even winging may not be eligible uh, you know there's another sentence there about, uh, might not be evident until something with the trapezius muscle uh, stretches enough to reveal an injury. But basically, that the the symptoms that he was having with the shoulder blade problem, the, the scapular dyskinesis, is directly related, potentially, to this nerve issue. And that's the thing that this doctor was saying he was saying basically that if he has a lesion or, or, or a, a, some kind of issue with that nerve that that nerve has affected his scapula and the by affecting the way that the shoulder muscles and shoulder blades actually operate it's limited his motion and in the same thread of tweets there's video of him with, the way his shirt looks and his jersey looks from the back before last season, before he started wearing that compression shirt. And you can see the shoulder blades sticking out weird in his back. And then you see the fact that when Fultz looks the best, when his jump shot looks the best, he's leaning away from the basket on the pull-ups he builds a ton of momentum and leaps backward and shoots the ball so that his arms are at a lower angle, but he can still generate enough force to um, get the shot off cleanly. And so that's why his pull-up jumper, especially from spots on the floor where his right arm is closer to the basket, so so when he's on the right side of the floor as a right-handed shooter, that's when his pull-up looks the smoothest. It might be because... That's the only time he can get the shot up off quickly with a, with the natural form that he's used to um while he's fading backward because that's when um because he can't lift his arms uh without discomfort high enough um, The other thing that can happen from these nerve issues apparently is that it can affect the feeling in your fingertips, and this could potentially explain why there's these weird hitches in his free throw shot and his standstill shot. I think the reason that his shot looks worse when he's standing still or just squared up is because I think that he has trouble knowing how much force he's able to put on the ball and how much his shoulder muscles are going to cooperate. If you remember, there was an NBA player years ago, Landry Fields, that had a similar issue, but it was a nerve issue in his elbow as opposed to shoulder, he had to completely rebuild his shot, and he was out of the league in two years. He's now a scout for the Spurs. Um, It looks like, potentially, the same thing could be happening to Fultz, that there's the the infamous pump fake in the Miami game where he's going up for the free throw. And it appears to me, like, that's not a confidence thing. It appears to me, like, he, he has no fucking idea when the ball is going to actually leave his hand or how much force to put in it. It's like he has to stop himself. And then in Utah, he debuts the thing where he's juggling the ball back and forth from hand to hand. I wonder if that is so that he can gradually get his arms up to a point where he can release the ball from a comfortable position, if that's a way for him to kind of use the momentum of the motion to get there. Um And the the thing about the confidence in the shooting, the other thing that that is weird to me about it being like an issue where he just has shattered confidence, this isn't a player who like shows severe anxiety when he's out on the floor. He dives for every loose ball. He crashes the boards. He throws down vicious dunks on people. He plays aggressive defense, even though a lot of other guards trash talk him because I think there's there's sort of a growing consensus around the league that he's soft when he's, I don't think he is soft. He guards people closely, uh, and he takes punishment driving the lane trying to score on people. He The Sixers' floor spacing isn't great because Simmons and Fultz and Embiid all don't really shoot that well, especially uh, Simmons and Fultz. But because they don't shoot the ball well, uh, he crashes into multiple people trying to get contested layups, and he hits the deck hard, and he gets right up and goes back and plays defense. it doesn't appear to be the symptom of a player that's suffering from these extreme confidence issues. So the extreme confidence issues only happen when he's doing that one thing. They don't happen when he's handling the ball and spinning off people and dunking on them. It's just weird to me that, that that's the one thing that he can't do, that he can handle the ball extremely well. He's a really good passer. He crashes the boards. He understands the fundamentals. He's a smart player, and he plays decent defense and has made strides on the defensive end and not only that but it's like it, it do, it's not even like in in the games where he makes a couple of jump shots it's not like he starts feeling it a little bit and he starts taking more that doesn't really happen he kind of shoots the same volume of shots every time he's out there whether he's good or bad. He kind of takes six to eight shots. He makes three of them, you know, and that's that, you know, he has a lot of games where he's three for eight or three for seven. Um, and because of that, I, I just, I'm I'm just not convinced that it's a, that he can, he can be a, like a decently effective backup player and inject all that energy, but that's the problem, that he has all of these confidence issues. It just doesn't seem right. And so mysteriously the the doctor's reports about this diagnosing this nerve issue and how it could be from a weightlifting injury or a blunt force injury such as a motorcycle or bmx accident uh, they mysteriously disappear um and the only way that you can get them now is that they're cached uh so that's weird to me and um I don't believe... They're not copyrighted. This guy's website was on WordPress. He owned um, the site, He or he rented the the space for the site. Uh, it disappeared, just like the videos of Fultz in discomfort in his weightlifting session were also deleted, just like Drew Hanlon's tweet about Fultz's injury was deleted. And so now... The team says that they're completely blindsided by his by his leaving to go see a shoulder specialist. They are blindsided even though he shows visible discomfort on the court with the shoulder, and even though he has the shoulder worked on every game before shoot-around. That doesn't really add up to me. And so what I'm wondering now is if the Sixers know about the injury, and there's just a disconnect on how to treat it, or if the Sixers are basically brushing all of this under the rug, and Markel is basically left trying to pick up the pieces of what would have been a really promising career. And so the point of of me going through all of this is basically that there's a narrative out there that he was injured before his rookie season. The injury, in, in my mind from the pictures, is noticeable, and there's plenty of articles about it. The shoulder blade sitting, the, his shoulder sitting lower, turned inward, how funny it looks when he goes to rise up for a free throw, how he doesn't seem to have any control over certain points in his shot release, how his shot looks better when it's coming from a lower release point uh than he ever shot in college. I mean it's it's so significant how much different it looks and the only time he gets to that high release point is when he's fading away from the basket. So that his arms are at a different angle. Um and then the t- the, the team can't seem to decide whether or not they think there was a shoulder issue or not based on the way that they listed in the team reporting. So the question is, why would the Sixers, if it's a motorcycle accident, why would the Sixers want to cover it up? They probably wouldn't. If it's a motorcycle accident, Foltz is probably covering it up, and the team doesn't believe that he's actually hurt, and they originally diagnosed it as a shoulder injury, just to give him the benefit of the doubt, If it is, and, that, and that could explain why the team said, oh, he got hurt changing his shot mechanics, or the team knew about the injury from the personal trainer, and they didn't want to take fire for the fact that it's possible that um, Fultz got hurt working out for the team before it actually started. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see the player that shot the lights out in Summer League 2017 in in July into August. I don't remember exactly when Summer League is, but that that player in October suddenly forgets how to shoot a ball and not just to the point where you're having a bad shooting slump and you you shoot like a little bit less or you're more selective about it he wouldn't even attempt a three-pointer and when he did the form looked so different it's like watching two different guys shoot the ball and if we're willing to say that there was an injury last year why are we not saying that the injury could be persisting? If it is a nerve issue, they could take a long time or forever to heal. And I wonder if the Sixers were hoping that he could be effective despite struggling with the jump shot to build up his trade value. Because uh, I think after last season's showing, I don't think he had a lot of Um, I don't think he had a lot of value, and I think when the team started saying, oh, it was psychosomatic, he completely lost value, and I think the idea was if he could come in this season, even if the jump shot wasn't great, if it'd be passable, and he'd shoot the three at 34% or something and take a few of them a game but be effective in every other area, and you just sort of say, well, he had this block last year, the shot's going to come along that they could potentially have a valuable asset because I think the idea was after the jump shot started to wane they knew that they could never have him and Simmons together thus why they went out and got Jimmy Butler and there's all of these rumors about other guys that they want to acquire whether it's Bradley Beal or Josh Richardson or whatever so I think that that's really what's going on now is that the team, the team was trying to say well he has to have value at some point and I think, I think after losing his spot to T.J. McConnell, I think maybe at this point Fultz is like, you know, what he, he said beforehand was that he was gutting out the injury to try to help the team in the beginning of last season. And I believe that. I believe he's competitive, and I believe that he does want to help the team. And if that's the case, then he, I think he's just sort of like, like any other player. I'm going to try to play through it, and I'm going to try to make it work. I'll do my best. But if they're going to cut his backup point guard minutes out, and only play him in garbage time as a number one overall pick, he he's better off leaving the team and going to see a specialist and seeing if he can get this worked out. But the lack of transparency on the whole issue is a huge problem and it's and I don't think it helps him that everybody in the media is crucifying the kid when like they don't know. This, everything that I might be saying about the injury and what 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 I think could be happening, the sort of the conspiracy theory behind the scenes and the potential cover up that all may be not true, and it might be on uh, his head, but even so, all of this negative coverage doesn't doesn't really help uh, I mean labeling him as the colossal bust or that he's as bad as Anthony Bennett or like even though none of that's true, he's become such a joke to the to the average nBA fan he's basically just a meme um I think it's unfortunate and I just wonder if that's just another thing and I and I wonder if maybe he gets treatment for this thing the Sixers maybe he's on the team next year maybe they if 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 they're still at an impasse here maybe they stretch his contract I mean maybe they take that 9.5 million that he's owed next year stretch it over three seasons and cut him I mean I don't know uh but if, if it is an injury, and, and he is actually suffering from an inability to move that shooting shoulder the way that he's used to shooting the ball and the way he's done it forever, uh, I wonder if, I I mean, I, I don't know how valuable he can be. I mean, maybe he could try to become like a Sean Livingston type player. I have, I have no idea. But I just wanted to get out there with, with some facts that are a little different than what um, the, the mainstream narrative about his mental health and all of that stuff. Again, if it's mental health, this is an era where these players are being so open, like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love. There there would be more. There would be more fuel to that fire, whether it's Markel's meeting with team psychologists, like we we're trying to help him gain his confidence back, or he talks about it, he says, you know, I'm... I'm in kind of a dark place because my performance isn't great. Like, this is something that I, you know, it's been two years now. Like, why haven't we learned more about what he's dealing with then? But yet, there's tons of theories floating around about his shoulder injury and how he hurt his shoulder and, you know, he had the injections and he had the tape on his shoulder and they shut him down and then he came back and then he had to change his release point of his shot and then the free throw thing keeps changing and, you know... I just i'm I'm thinking that he's hurt, and I'm thinking that there's a there's a chance that if he gets fully rehabilitated or that nerve if it's a nerve issue if it gets fixed, that maybe we could potentially see the player that we wanted when he he was drafted and so I encourage people to do their own research um I encourage people to Google about it and read behind the scenes read about the motorcycle theory read a, see if you can find the video of him getting hurt in practice i i i did see it um, see if you can find the cached uh, screenshots of um of the of the physical therapist's report about how it could be a nerve issue and it's possible the Sixers misdiagnosed it which wouldn't be the first time and if it is a nerve issue it's possible they just rushed him back too soon he need more time to rehab it they could have correctly diagnosed it but he's just not 100% yet Who knows? Um, I'm hoping to do this next time with actual basketball content, talking about trades and transactions and net rating and all of that good stuff. Um, But this was just an important issue to me. And I've read a lot about it. And I've even read like, a lot of medical, uh, I've even read like medical studies about shoulder blade and, and like, you know, just to, just to try to understand, like, where maybe this stuff is coming from. Um, I tried to educate myself on the issue, and so that's that's why I wanted to talk about it. But hopefully the next one that I do will be more um, actually focused on the game of basketball. Uh, I was sad I couldn't do one about the Jimmy Butler trade. I just didn't have time. Um, and I also want to plug my own personal site, um, blendedopinion.com, where you can catch some of my... Um, ramblings about movies uh, which is one of my other hobbies so again uh, thanks for listening
0: this is the end of the capital sports report podcast you can follow the latest sports news on the thecapitalsportsreport.com